Welcome to episode 47 of You Shall Not Pass Go. I am your host, Dave, and I'm joined by my friend Alex on this episode. What's up, dude? Oh, not much, Dave. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, being invited to come on just to talk about whatever. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things, right? And some of them are vaguely gaming related, but I was just like, you know, I mean, for our, our core listeners of about 30 people that subscribe, <laughs> subscribe to this podcast, um, you know, I never really know. I look at the, I should, I laugh, but I look at the metrics and I, I don't know how those metrics are pulled. And I don't really know, like, actually how many, I just know that like from the one source of metrics that we have, um, like it doesn't do too bad, like here and there. There's like, it, it's, it hovers in the 30 to 50 subscribers range. And then like. The listens vary by episode. Surprisingly, the most listened to episode that uh, that I've ever had was um, my Dungeon Master Rick episode, which I did like right before I took a long hiatus. Um, that episode has incredible listens, and I'm pretty sure it's just because probably pop. I just probably did really well with like tagging it enough to where popular searches people probably just encounter it randomly could be between you know. Rick Sanchez, Morty, Rick and Morty, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm sure it's just something that auto-populates for people because of just, I just did good on the back-end stuff. But I can't imagine that, like, randos have come out of the woodwork and been like, I gotta listen to this one <laughs> I gotta episode hear- of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I it's, it's just, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll move on from that. But anyway... <laughs> Um, actually, what I wanted to open with is one of it is gaming related. I wanted to talk about a game I played called Box One. Have you heard of this thing? No. Well, what is it about? Yeah. I, so I didn't know either, but apparently it caught my attention. Um, I forget how I, I came across it, but it was a Target exclusive made by Neil Patrick Harris. Target exclusive. Which, Target exclusive. It's like thirty bucks at Target, and it's it's Box One, a game for one created by one. Even though that's not true. Uh, MPH teamed up with Theory Eleven, and like a whole slew of people created it. But like he's getting the the credit for being the like you know the mind behind it. Okay. And apparently it's like his second game. It's not even his first. Um, I played it. I depending on I'll say that depending on how you play it, it can offer anywhere from a solid three or four hours on the low side of playtime to like potentially 48 hours. If you do one particular thing I may talk about soon, depending on uh, your interest. Um, But anyway, it was great. It was like surprisingly, it was, it was one of the most surprising games I've played in a while. Um, If I can't recommend it enough, I'm going to tell anybody listening, if you're interested, if you're alone in quarantine and you're looking to play a board game and you're and you're going through withdrawal and you're like you miss your friends but you really want to do something get box 1 it's a game for one person and it and it plays wonderfully you don't like and the thing is, is you could even play it with other people like even though it's meant for one person like you could definitely play that game with other people um yeah but it was it was it was fantastic it was so good i was shocked um that's I, I will say at this point, I'm going to get into some spoiler territory if you're interested. If you want to if you want to play it, I'll save the spoiler for another podcast. Um, um, I mean, you can go into it, I think. I mean, honestly, I the only thing I yeah, because I I'm not surprised, honestly, just because, you know, obviously, Neil Patrick Harris is so big in the um, in the 
uh, in the magician world. So it makes sense to me. Hit my thing. Uh, It makes sense to me that he would like put his effort into sort of like figuring out how to play with your even if it's just one person, like play with your perceptions and, and stuff like that. That's cool. You can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'll, it starts off with, I mean, first off, I'll say this. If you're a heavy tabletop gamer, there is probably, you'll probably discover secrets about the game way before you should. Because <laughs> me, knowing me, like I was like Cards Against Humanity started me on this, on this, this like thing when I like first learned, you've played, I'm assuming yeah, you played so, I mean, right, Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. So the, when I had I had the bigger and blacker box sitting in my like basement for God knows oh, how many years back at the old house, the, the, the. the card in the top and the slit. I was just like, oh, my God, there's actually a card in here. And then and then between that and time stories, which did something very similar at one point, I just like I've gotten accustomed to taking the bottoms out of boxes and manipulating different pieces of like the structure of what you receive. So I definitely found a lot more than your average person would find way faster than I should have. I think, um, I think I did the exact, I think, I mean, it's funny. I don't usually play games like this, but the, we did, uh, I have played time stories in the first version and we were going to get around to playing more eventually. And then, you know, um, but, (laughs) uh, but, But when we took the box apart, or I was tasked with taking the box apart because I was the one who was like, I have friends and they they like, I want to play more cooperative story-based experiences for the board games. And they're like, what if we played more games where we play against each other? And I'm like, but what if we played cooperative story-based engagements? Like, would, would that be fun? <laughs> and it's like, it's like, no, but what if we play a deck building game? And I'm like, but think about the mysteries that we could solve together. <laughs> um uh but i was tasked with taking apart the time stories box and understanding how the rules worked uh Mm -hmm. and i did take apart and obviously i won't get into it to you know at really but i i saw what it was supposed to be something that you would find out later and Mm -hmm. but even though i knew i was like i don't understand it doesn't mention this anywhere on the I, I was like, I remember reading the instruction book, like being like, I don't know, this doesn't, I don't know what these are. This doesn't have anything to do with the game. And then when I got to the end and it was like, here's the thing. And I was like, even though I knew and I had seen it, like I'd seen it like days before, I was still like, whoa, that's such a cool idea that they did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and so this game has a lot of those, like, an incredible amount of those those exact things um i will say i found so again spoilers there's a card you get when you when you when you finally get to the end of the game there is a place that you i'll try to be slightly less spoilery there is something you had in the beginning that if you had manipulated it just a little bit more you find the card that says that you've won and leads you to a website where it says, like, don't go here unless you've won. Mm. I found that card, like, seconds within opening the box. Um, and I was like, so I've beaten the game? I was like, is this it? <laughs> is this but the I puzzle? Did, <laughs> but I didn't go to the website. And even if I had, I found out later, once I played through it properly, um, that it actually required, like, 
there's a check there. There's like it asks you for answers of things you would have had to have played the game to discover. So even if you do stumble upon that card the way I did, you can't just speed run the game and be like, did it? Um, so I appreciated that. I appreciate that they had the like the check, the the capture, if you're real <laughs> to, you know, to make sure that I was a real, real boy and that it was actually happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, there's a lot of manipulation in that game, but it starts off as a basic trivia game, like trivial pursuit t- style game where it's these cards and just one after the next, you're just answering trivia, right? And this is something I didn't discover right away. And again, spoiler alert, you get to like 20, the 26th card, you go to flip over the next card and it's, it's not a card. The rest of the stack of cards are like glued together and actually a box that's been hollowed out in which there are items that lead you on to the next portion of the game. And it was the only it was the only thing in the entire box that I did not see coming and had not manipulated to find ahead of time. And it blew my mind. It was crazy. I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, but it, but it's great it goes from being a trivia game to being like almost like an escape room game um it involves the internet it involves websites it involves um code breaking it involves um uh some augmented reality stuff like it was it was fascinating it was really really fascinating game um but i had to open talking about it um just because like i had played it so recently and it was like, this is a game I need to tell people about. So, so if you're listening, buy box one, a hundred percent, two thumbs up. It was just, it was great. Um, that aside, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, so little, little, little bit about uh, Alex and I. So Alex and I met in college, um, and uh, he was also part of the gamers group that I was a part of, um, a club that we've both you know, very much invested a lot of time in him, probably even more than me, um, because after I graduated, he ascended to presidency and then like has like in ways supported it even to this day. Um, and then since that time, him and I have just become better and better friends, um, hanging out, playing Magic the Gathering, playing Dungeons and Dragons. And that's where our our little our little forte comes in. And uh, and yeah, so I want to kind of I know we said we weren't going to talk about magic, but I just feel like I have to talk about like the met like I don't just not even in specific in specifics, but like what is magic? Why how why are they doing this? Why are they doing this to our game? I'm like, have you seen the the Facebook message that we're in I, the group message at all? Uh, you, how recent? How recent? I mean, is it? it doesn't even need to be. Recent. I mean, you, you you're talking about like doing all like the crossover stuff and whatever. No, I mean the Commander Legends oh, stuff, man. God, I don't no, know if you've I haven't seen, seen that. <laughs> Oh God! It is just like they are—they are making these cards that are. It's just why? Why are you? They made a like okay. They made a black lotus for commanders, right? Did you see that? Is Check this- out. Just type type into Google jeweled lotus. That's all you need to do. Jeweled lotus. It's in the new Commander Legend set, which we weren't. I mean, I had no interest in. I've been so removed. It's, so Alex and I had this whole conversation before he agreed to come on. We were talking about. He was like, I don't know if I want to, want to talk about magic. I was like, I'll be honest, I haven't really been into magic. Since that time, though, 
our little, we're in a group chat for our little commander games. All of these spoilers of Commander Legends have come out, and and I've just been like, I don't understand why this is happening. Um, for for our listeners, uh, Jeweled Lotus, as I said, there's no way to describe it except it is a black lotus for commanders. It is a zero drop artifact that you tap and sacrifice to add three mana of any single color. It's a black lotus, mm-hmm. except the caveat is you can only spend the mana to cast mm-hmm. your commander. But it's still a black lotus for commanders. I mean, it's one of the most powerful magic cards ever printed. And you can't even say, oh, but it only does commander. Because if you're playing it in the format that it utilizes, you're 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 you've probably built a deck for the express purpose of utilizing your commander. So like other than the. The ones that specifically are like, well, when it's in your command zone, it does this or whatever. Other than those, it's just a it is it is just a Black Lotus, which is a card that they printed in the beginning of Magic the Gathering and then never printed again because it was so stupidly strong that you obviously it's just it throws balance completely out the window. If I mean, I drop a soul ring on turn one in a commander game and everyone around the table goes, Oh god! Uh, 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 Imagine if I dropped a a land, a soul ring, and a black lotus, and everyone be like, (laughs) "Well, first of all, I'd be like, well, that's banned. You're not allowed to play that.' But the second of all, like, I I would, I would. Well, I'd probably die first because I'd probably cheat out something. Someone would kill it like two turns later, and then I'd be the first one to die because I did that turn one. But wow. But I mean, like, even still, you're talking like, like, just in terms of your decks, right? Not that you'd want to play this card early, but Mimeoplasm becomes a turn three card, right? Because it's because it's it's one of the colors you need, plus the two additional mana that it can pay for. So, like, let's say you make it green. If you played a, a swamp. All right, no, it's a turn two card. You play a swamp on your turn one. You play island on turn two or any two of the mana that you need. And Lotus also on that second turn, you have Mimeoplasm. Yeah. I can Not pl- that you'd necessarily want him out right. that early. But like my point is, is like insert oh that same philosophy to any commander, right? Any commander that's super high cost normally that usually takes a couple turns. Like Jengis is prosh, man. Like I was thinking... Prosh is what? He's he's six mana, uh, right? I thought he was five to start. Is he six? He's six to start. Okay. So you're talking he becomes a turn three card. He goes from being whatever and, and if you've got if you've got a soul ring, I mean he could easily be a turn two card, possibly. Yeah. Um and that card doesn't rely on like late game strategy. I mean, he comes out, his tokens come out, and he's like, he's good to go swing it, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's. All right, Commander's Legend spoilers. All right, I'll click the thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but like, the thing is, is like, I wish, I wish the Jeweled Lotus was the only card that I was like, wow, that's a card, and I can't believe they did this. But this whole set is chock full of cards like that. There's a new Acroma. Look at the new Acroma. I am, I am actually, that was literally the first thing I clicked just because it was Acroma and I and I knew her name. And she has partner? 
She has partner, 6-6, flying, first strike, vigilance, trample, and at the beginning of each combat until end of turn, each other creature you control gets plus one, plus one if it has flying, plus one, plus one if it has first strike, and so on for pretty much every other keyword that matters. Double strike, death touch, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, protection, reach, trample, vigilance, and partner. And then you have a chroma's will, which just gives creatures you control Flying Vigilance and Double Strike, or Lifelink Indestructible uh, indestructible Protection from All Colors, or possibly both. My God. This gives me big Phalanx vibes. So, uh, not Phalanx. This gives me big, um, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, 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 what is the thing called in Dark Souls that you sit at? Why can I not think of it? Why is this? How is this impossible for me? <laughs> uh, the fire, the fire, the, the yeah, campfire. Yeah. The, the, what I, I'll think of it. It'll it'll come to me later. It'll come out of nowhere. Um, Joe and I designed. Or no, well, actually, that was my card. I, um, I should probably preface this by saying that my friend Joe and I, along with some other people along the way, uh, custom built. Uh, with the intention of it being overpowered, we knew going in it was going to be overpowered. That was the whole point uh, because it was a cube, but it was about 470, 470 something cards, uh, custom cards based on, uh, you know, media that we all that we all liked um, with the in- uh, intent purpose of making a cube. Uh, so everything was strong and that was the whole idea. Uh, but and I might have I might have even talked about that in a way early episode because around that time we also all made I remember I made like the Dresden Commander and like we all we were all doing media based stuff around the time you and Joe were making that cube yeah that was years ago yes it was it um, was many years ago but anyway um but I made but I made a, a Dark Souls set it was like a Dark Souls Demon Souls set and one of the cards I made we actually. One of, it was one of the few cards we, we had to nerf. We didn't really ever nerf any of the cards, but we had to nerf this card because what it did, it was a level up. Uh, I think it was an artifact. It was like an artifact that leveled up. Remember that? Remember level up? <laughs> I do. Um, I mean, and that oh, I loved it because we always put like weird. We we tried to figure out how we could always put like weird keywords from sets that didn't exist anymore. They would be like horsemanship. Like, yeah, Epona is partnered and it gives horsemanship. Like, obviously, why would it not? Um, and so it was what happened was, is that as it leveled up it at first at level zero, it gave uh, all your creatures haste. And mm. then when you leveled it up to, I think, two, um, it gave all your creatures plus one plus one for each creature and then its final level was plus two plus two for all uh, each creature gets plus two plus two for all creatures we had to nerf it obviously for obvious reasons um (laughs) but i'm looking at a chroma and i'm seeing a lot of the things a lot of the patterns here i mean because when when something says plus one plus one for each anything i'm always like that that sounds like something I can you can abuse very easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, there's trust me. That's just the first card. By all means, scroll down to black and look at opposition agent. Oh god, 
that'll be a fun one. Uh, I'm even terrified of just what all the blue stuff is. I like how it's like all this insane stuff and it's like preordained. <laughs> oh, they're even pre-printing. Is this so are, are these going to be like packs? I'm assuming these aren't sets. This is this is a this is a full set. Right. But this I'm is saying a, this isn't like, like they're, they're not they're not pre-made. Yeah, not, they are. Okay. Yeah, they're boosters. It's a booster box. In fact, Andy uh, purchased a a box if we wanted to draft it um, like after COVID is, you know, hopefully a thing of the past. Um, just because it got to the point we were all just like, all right, we need to just crack some of these packs and draft this set because it's dumb. But Opposition Agent, as Alex takes it in, I will narrate, is a 3-2 for 3, a flash black creature. You control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. This is not an enter the battlefield effect, mind you. It just says that. And additionally... When an opponent is searching their library, you may exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as if it were a mana of any color to cast them. <laughs> you know, that's really funny. And I know, and this is audio, this is an audio format, so this won't work. So you're gonna have to find the card opposition agent, you're gonna have to see it for yourself. <laughs> but the the person on this card who is looking at this piece of paper is what it looks like. To read the text on the, card. the card, let's just like a what the hell is this? What is the, what do I? What is this? Why is this? What? <laughs> I mean, ah, uh, it's like a, what's his name? It's like the the black and blue one from um, Guild. Uh, was it Gate Crash or the one who like whenever you would draw card, if you draw cards other than your first draw, you draw them instead. Like if your opponent mm-hmm. were to draw cards, you draw them instead. It was like thief, something thief. Um, people actually used it in like legacy because you could like pop it on their brainstorm and take all their cards. Right. Um, I don't remember what it was, but I, I do remember the card you're talking about. Yeah. But like this is like that just cracked out. I mean, right. Oh this, my is, God. this is a legacy card right here. Oh, are you Lord. kidding me? People are like, oh, you're going to search your libraries? Hold on, Flash. Now I search your library, and I get to figure out what I want to play in your crazy deck. Our commander... I, I forget. Our commander cards... Commander Legal cards are legacy. playable in Legacy, right? Because yep. that was the 3-1 the immune to everything. Was... Yeah. Yep. Oh, my the, God. The... Yep. The... Oh, God. What was that card? We're so bad with names. Hold yeah. on. Uh, uh, something Something true... True name... True name nemesis. True name nemesis. Whoa, yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just um, reprinting Monodrain, of course. Why not? Yeah. I mean, another one, this one isn't as cracked out as the rest, is Tevesh Zot, Doom of Fools, a black uh, planeswalker that can also be a commander possible with partner. But for me, I was a little more, more for super friends, but it's ultimate is what I was interested in. Game it's a minus 10 ultimate. Gain control of all commanders. Mm-hmm. Put all commanders from the command zone onto, your battle, onto the battlefield under your control. So it's literally just like, oh... You have commanders. Now I have commanders. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) That's not. And they can't. Well, right. It's control. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's going to start putting wayward. uh, Not wayward path. Homeward path. Homeward path. That's it. Yep. And start putting homeward path in their decks just to save themselves from this guy. Right. Um, And again, like there are others, too. There's another one where I can. Oh, yeah. Here it is. If you go to green, there's Apex Devastator, which I swore was fake. I don't even need to see. I don't even need to see the name of this card to be like, or to see the picture of this card to be like. 
just ridden like an unglued car. I thought it was fake. They it was spoiled in our little group chat. I thought it was fake. It's a ten drop. It's two green, eight of anything, ten ten, quadruple cascade. That's right. The card literally just says cascade, 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 cascade. I thought it was fake. I was like, there's no way this is a real card. They wouldn't print cascade four times like that on a card. But they did. They did. Can't believe it. I was just like, this set is wild. It's it's the power creep is so, so real. And I just can't even like I can't process some of these cards. They like you said, they almost seem like they're they're meant to be like in an unset of some kind because they're just absolutely insane. Um insane. there's a card there's a card that makes everything uh um it's an artifact called Horizon Stone. And it turns every deck into a Cruffix deck. Oh, God. Be- because everybody loves Cruffix. Artifacts. I didn't even think about that. Right? Oh, I mean, no. that's... But, like, literally turns... Just every deck becomes Cruffix. I gotta see if I can... Oh, here it is. Yeah. If you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes colorless instead. Even references Cruffix in the flavor text. First word, Cruffix. Once dreamed that he traveled, blah, 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 Just blah. Just the, the, like, the swing, the, the, um, I don't know how to put it. Like, the gap in quality between these cards is, like, so, <laughs> you I mean. mean you'd, you'd be disappointed if you opened to, like, you know, I don't know, Hero's Blade or, like, uh, hold on, let's see, Marble Diamond instead of a... <laughs> Horizon Stone. Well, I just be like, yeah, I just be like, I'll be like, yeah, do I open a like, oh boy, I can't wait to maybe uh maybe this one will have a um hold on, let me find it. Yeah, well we'll just go. Like, maybe this one will have a Jude Lotus. Great. Murder. Murder. Like <laughs> That's it, man. Um Interestingly enough, though, while I'm looking at it, they brought Nev in as like an actual person now. He's a real boy. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, uh, what's that? I appreciate Esper. that. Yeah, he's an Esper commander. Nevimeral, the Urberg tyrant. <laughs> Urberg. Urberg. Uh, he has hexproof from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. When he enters the battlefield, create a 2-2 tapped black zombie creature token for each creature that died this turn. And when he dies, you may pay one when you do destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. So when he dies, he discs. He does the thing. He does the thing his disc does. Every, but it's like every, hold on, I gotta find, I missed him. Uh, he's, he's in the multis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a... Uh, it's in alphabetical order. There he is. Yes. All right. Um, so, but every... Okay. You may pay one... Okay, okay. I thought maybe there was some... There was some... Still. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I... Here I was thinking I had no interest in magic right now, and then these spoilers came out, and I was just like... I was in, I'm in shock. I'm just in shock. The last card I'll kind of go over and then we can move on from this subject is uh, Dawnglade Regent, another green card. Um, Again, just very interesting. Just 8-8 for 7. Green. 
When it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. As long as you're the monarch, permanent you control have hexproof. Huh. Yeah. Just no big no big deal. Huh. <laughs> 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 I um yep I don't know how to I don't know how to feel about that oh yeah alright I lied two more cards and then I'm done <laughs> I swear uh, Immorty Celebrant of Bounty which is a blue green commander and Jared Carthelian True Heir which is a Naya commander um, first the the Simic commander Immorty Morty, <laughs> Morty. Is, is a 3-1 with Cascade. Spells you cast with converted mana cost 6 or greater have Cascade. Great. Excellent. Perfect. Wonderful. What, balanced. Very right. balanced. And then you have Jared, who looks like he's definitely wielding the Sword of Fist and Fury. Unconfirmed. Not a real <laughs> card, but I call TM. Copyright. I made it first. Um, blue, you know, red-green sword. Uh, but he's a Naya, basic Naya, nothing else. Just one red, one green, one white, three, three. When he enters the battlefield, target opponent becomes the monarch and you can't become the monarch this turn. If damage would be dealt to him while you're the monarch, prevent that damage and put that many plus one, plus one counters on it. Hold on. Sometimes I read a card and I'm like, did I comprehend that actually? Like, yeah. did I actually look at it correctly? Yep. Oh, yeah. Battlefield. Opponent becomes a monitor. Right. Okay. So that's like the, that's the balancing of it. And it's just like that. Cool. I just, I just, I, I kept mentioning that a lot of these cards almost seem like the cards that we would have, just like you said, we were looking for, you were looking for balance in your, in your, in your cube it reminds me of when we were creating our cowboy cards thinking like is this too broken or like <laughs> is this balanced and now i look at some of these cards and i'm like some of these cards do more than the cards that we designed do like there was one in particular i don't remember what it was i was trying to find it i'm still kind of looking through the group chat here but there was definitely a card that someone had uh had posted and I'd said that just that I was like, this is definitely one of our deputy cards, but better. <laughs> like it, like it was a deputy card that we had thought was broken, but this version was just like absolutely insanely good. Um, and I'm just trying to just keep talking as I scroll through to see if I can quickly mm -hmm. find it. Keep the content coming. Yeah. <laughs> um oh here it is oh i think what it was oh it was yeah it was a chroma it was the chroma oh, okay because it reminded me of the um we have a card that does something like that uh we have a don't we have a um isn't it the uh the renegade card or it is the renegade I, where it's like where it's like all the the like, the yes <laughs> yeah you know yes you know yes we play this game and we made these cards we're not just lying <laughs> we're, we're not just lying. we're like oh you know oh yeah i've absolutely know all these cards that's why i can't remember what any of them were called <laughs> at least we're at least we admit it i mean there have been times where i've been on the podcast and i've been like the card called and then you just hear in the background <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. But anyway, yeah, I'll I'll leave it there for now. If you ever get a if you get a if you get a spare moment at some point and you feel bored, look through the rest of that set. And I mean, if you're if you're listening, um if you play Commander, I, I it's been a long time since I've recommended buying product. I would I would I would maybe pick up a pack of this set. I'm not going to lie to you. Between some solid reprints like Vampiric Tutor and Scroll Rack and Mana um, Drain, Mana Drain um, and then these ridiculously overpowered cards, the Black, I mean, Jeweled Lotus, um, Acroma, and, you know, just again, Horizon Stone. Some of these just great new cards like they will be great for a commander deck um, and some really fun commanders to work with in here. So honestly, like if you're if you're buying product, if you're not strapped for cash, if if you've if you've been lucky to get through COVID with a job intact and disposable income, then by all means, you know, go and pick up spend spend money on the machine. Um, if you're like me and you don't collect anymore and you don't really want to spend money on it, have a friend buy a box <laughs> and may, and pay like split the box for three packs and do a draft and be done with it and 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 be happy. Um is triumphant, think, is triumphant Reckoning a reprint or is that new? Uh, it's a nine well, mana, nine mana, three white, uh, six colorless. Return all artifact, enchantment, and planeswalker cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. It almost, looks like a reprint. I was gonna say I feel like it's a reprint, <laughs> but it also might not be. We could also be thinking. I feel like there's another card that does that exact same thing. I'm only seeing it. Li- I just did a quick search. I'm only seeing it listed as Commander Legends. Okay. I'm, but I feel like there's an. What's that other card that does that? There's another card that does that. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of cards that do stuff for different individual ones, but oh, I don't yeah, know I about. Get, I guess you're right because I guess I'm thinking of. Uh, there's one that does one for enchantments. The, uh, that that's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Replenish. Replenish. Yeah, I think it's like replenish. I'm pi- I can picture the card. I can picture like gates open and the gates opening yeah. in the light. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, so we don't know the names of the cards, but we remember the artwork. That's what's that's what's there. We just start playing. Next time we play, just be like, I'm this, gonna play a gate with lights opening, and then you'll understand. I'm playing a Everybody lady. Else will be like, I'm playing a lady, and she's got a bunch of wings. She's got wings. She kind of looks like an angel. Got and it's angel. like, but is she an angel? It's like, no, she's not an angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I just I had to touch upon that. Again, I knew I knew you we kind of said we weren't going to, but I just I had to I had to talk about it. Yeah, no, talk that's about fair. The, the like it's it's crazy. The I I don't. Is it just the ploy for money? Is it just Hasbro and well, Wizards yes. being like, "Give me"? I mean, it's always that, but just if <laughs> it, just why? Just why? 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 Why Wizards? Why? Why you got to be like that? Whenever a quip creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for the most life, create a four-four white angel creature token that's tapped and attacking that player. Okay, that's not so bad for a mythic. Really? Huh? I mean, that I guess that's okay. I don't know. That actually feels I mean, kind of underpowered. From what I'm seeing, I mean, it it points a target at someone's back, right? Like it it focuses fire. Is yeah, what it does. that is true. That is very true. Is it okay? All right. Oh God, it's just my pop filter I mean, is taking and, a beating. And, and and like if you think about that card in the context of our games, that's a outlaw to to sheriff card, right there. Yes. Yeah. 
you throw that card out and you when you know the sheriff is going to have like top life and then it just becomes everybody swing at sheriff get get angels like go well it's like it's always that it's always that turn that every uh every sheriff game that we've played i was gonna say every sheriff game as we all know it's such a popular (laughs) format that everyone plays but um every time there's always gonna be one moment so there's two ways a game will go when it comes to outlaws either uh they won't be able to do anything because the deputy just happens because the commit uh the sheriff just happened to team up blue yeah the sheriff (sighs) just happened to team up with the deputy who is playing blue and they're just and the game is completely shut down. The outlaws are sitting there like, I can't I can't play the game right now. Um, or uh, an outlaw puts a card on the field or puts a creature on the field. Everybody looks at it and goes, well, this is probably about to attack the sheriff. The person looks at everybody because they're like, is this going to happen? Because I've got it right here. I've got the win right here. So. I got to know if it's happening right now. And then and then like and then, yeah, either they and then the deputies like the deputy looks at the sheriff who maybe the sheriff didn't even know who the deputy was at the time. But he looks at him and goes, I can't do anything, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> as, yeah, it's true. As what's it's his name though. gets. Uh, what, how did I kill? How did I kill Kilroy that one time? It was um, it was. Uh, oh, no, <laughs> it was. Double Strike Enchantment Man. Uh, Rafik. It was, yes, it was Rafik. And I put him on the field. And Kilroy was the sheriff. And I was like, okay, I'm attacking. Has anybody didn't do anything? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, might, might have. <laughs> was it might, not might have. Did, did I win? Did yeah, I, I was just win? like, is it over? Because this is it. I add seven attack to my guy and you're dead now. <laughs> That's how gonna, it works. I'm going to grab a water. Um, one second. Uh, this is good for the podcast. <laughs> ambient sound as I grab a, grab a water. Oh, yeah. In the old days, I would have edited this out. But now, These now the, this my, is the new my age. care for editing is just, it's just gone. And I just... Want people to enjoy the ASMR of me getting up in my snuggie, and uh, oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of our a lot of our games could be maybe changed from the word like cowboy games to maybe just like, is it over? Because <laughs> I feel like that's that's always the eternal question. Both both in two ways, right? In the in the one way which you described, or- which we're always. Exactly. Is yes. it over? So, is it over yet? Right. Like you know, it's true. Like yeah. those are our games. Our games are always like either someone's about to win, but it's never a clean win because the way we play, first off, you never know who's going to snipe you and like foil your plans, foil my plans, foil, foil your plans. plans. <laughs> or with the addition of like the ridiculousness of the cards we created, which again, I say ridiculousness. I say I say this and like, oh, I hate them, but honestly, it's like what makes the game fun. It's the reason we did it. But like. You just never know when someone's going to flip a card voluntarily or someone's going to die and explode or something's going to happen where you're like, either this card is going to change the game state drastically or they're going to flip it and we're going to be like, oh, okay, well, it's still happening and there's nothing you can do. (laughs) Right. I'd say it's I'd say it's like 80 percent of the time it is a deputy flipping a card and the outlaw is going, oh, my God, I forgot that was a card like how oh that's the one card you needed to not play right, right. now 
and it, and it's and that's it. So it's always like, is it over? As in, like, do I do I actually do it, or <laughs> or is it over? And like, oh my god, this game has been three hours. Joe, please let us play the game. Stop yeah. locking down the board. <laughs> Or is it like Joe's like, all right, I'm going to put this thing in the graveyard. And we're like, is this OK? Is this the part? Have you won now? Like and he's like, I will win. Would you like me to go through the motions so that I can? I, and it's I, like, I, I, I always <laughs> comment on. Um, so our friend Joe, we've talked about him on the podcast before. I think he actually you probably heard him back when we did that roundtable magic thing. That was, that was like a new year. year it was like podcast. a December or it was like a. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I forgot we did that until like right now. But anyway, don't hit the table. Um, yeah, Joe. Joe's a great magic player. He is like the magic guru, um, and we love him to pieces. And my, my favorite thing of of Joe's mannerisms is what I call the all right, um, because every single time he's won the game, you know, because his sentence will start with all right and then you're like oh okay so the game so the game just ended and we're like like he doesn't even need to at that point i don't even really ever need him to tell me even the method in which he's using to win he can put his hand down on the table and just say the word all right and be like all right there we go good game everybody we're we're good because every time i hear the all right. I'm like, okay. Like he's got it in the bag. And if I'm on his team, I'm like, yes, we nailed it. If I'm not, I'm just like, well, uh, this card's useless. This card's useless. I'm not playing blue. So we're out. Like we're done. <laughs> well, you can tell, you can tell how salty the table is. And he would attest to this. I'm sure you can tell how salty the table is because if it depends on what your, what their answer is, and I, I would even be guilty of this. I'd say that everyone is guilty. Basically, everyone who has played is guilty of what I'm about to say. Is of that course. Depending on how salty you are, when he says, when we ask, are you about to win the game? And he goes, and he goes, yes, I, what, from what I do, uh, from what I'm going to be doing, I will win the game. If the salt levels are high enough, someone will say, all right, how? Play it out. Yeah, play it yeah, out. How? how? Play it out. Let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, can I do this? And he'd go, well, I would just discard this thing and then bring it back and then discard it. And whenever you did that, like it wouldn't work. And it's like, and it's like, I know, but I wanted to, I wanted to try it. And maybe, maybe you wouldn't have thought of it, but obviously you did think of it. Why would I? I, I I've done that definitely a hundred times. I'm like, there's. If I'm especially if I'm playing blue and I've got something like, you know, something really good. Like if I've got a uh, uh, um oh my god, name of card, really good card, counters if force I've got of a stifle. Will. Oh, stifle. If I've got a stifle in my hand, that's a card that like I feel like is a really good like wrench in your plans, foil your plans card. Um so if I've got like a stifle, I might tell Joe, I might be like, play it out, Joe. <laughs> The all right's not enough this time. Let me <laughs> let me see it. The problem is, and this is where, and this is my one of my greatest weaknesses, I think, in playing Magic, and I think it it's a weakness of everybody. Really, it's just only recognized if somebody has it as a strength, and this is a strength of of Joe's. Joe is technically a rules advisor, judge, somewhere in that range. Uh, I mean, he was um, a he wasn't a rule. I was a rules advisor at some point. I don't think I think he was a I don't know if there's like something below judge, but above rules advice. I feel like I feel like, yes, I can't remember. Judge, a a judge. He's smart. (laughs) Joe's smart. Joe's brilliant. And and but knowing the game of magic the way he does. He can use 
the stack structure and priority in a very specific way, which will allow you, which will, will, will be advantageous. And also not just for himself. Like he, like it, it physically pains him when someone makes a misplay in magic <laughs> does. Um, to the point where like, I've definitely gotten salty at him for it. Cause I'm just like, you say people need to play their decks and then like, you're playing, but like it, it physically hurts him when he sees someone like go to make a misplay, even if they're against him. He could be the sheriff and there could be an outlaw ready to do something and he will correct them <laughs> uh, on how to do uh. it the right way. Cause he like, and again, I get that. Like I get the misplay, but I, what I was saying is my, my weakness in magic is definitely like the timing of certain key moments. Having that stifle in my hand is only half the battle knowing in the machinations and not just of Joe, of whoever is going off at the time, knowing where in their machinations that I need to play, knowing when to play that card properly to have a chance to stop it. I seem to only be like 30% effective at, right? Like 70% 70% of the time I'll be like, I'll play it. And then someone would be like, no, actually if you had played that, like when I did X, Y, Z, yeah, you would have stopped it. But at this point, like it's too late. I can just do ABC and it won't matter anymore. And I'm like, well, but fuck. Okay, great. (laughs) So happy. I, yeah, I, that's why, like, um, I mean, I'm a very, not only with myself, I'm also a very, like, I, when I ask people questions and stuff, you know, uh, usually i'm i'm genuinely asking and i'm like i'm like i it's like if you're looking for subtext of a question i'm asking usually there isn't any usually i'm just asking a question because i just i just genuinely want to know and so when someone's like i'm gonna do this thing and if it's joe because he knows me and i know him then i'll say to him hey joe listen i have this where would i use this if i could stop it like, where in this line of thing would I have needed this, to use this in card? In this Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events, where, how would this come into play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things, you know? And I know, and I know that, like, you know, it, it, it sucks to misplay. I know you, you get hard on yourself when you misplay. You get... You get overly crucial crucial on yourself when you when you have it, and then like something, some small mistake happens, and I just I just I, we see it in your face. You just your face falls, and I'm like, fuck, Alex feels terrible right now. Like he just wants to flip the table. Um, because I can, yeah, because I can, because what happens is is that I track it, I track, I can track like. Uh, and it has happened, actually, that there have been times where I've gone through and then I've been like, oh, actually, you know what? It, it wouldn't have worked because of this. So it's fine. Um, but there have been times where I've been like, no, if I did this at this exact point, it, we would have won. And how did I not do that? And it's like any normal person would go, well, of course, you wouldn't know that you were there at the time. Hi- hindsight 2020. Exactly. But- <laughs> No, but I'm like, but I'm like, no, I've been playing this game long enough. I should have done better. You should have been better pointing at me. (laughs) Oh, man. Magic's a fun game. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, I, you know, the thing I miss the most is just right now in this COVID world is just seeing everybody and playing it. Like, I mean, it's not even about the game itself, right? This is a conversation you and I had, too. It's it's. It's the collective. It's about just getting together and, and hanging out with, you know, your friends and 
and having a, a fun and or salty time. Or if you're not having fun at the moment, you leave saying, oh, that was a good time. Even if like in the moment you're like, I hate this. I hate this game. I hate all of you. Why am I even here right now? The the many walks <laughs> to the Chinese food place being like, I know, I know, like I I should <laughs> I should have done that, and I don't know why it happened. And someone's like, "Well, no, man, you know, you couldn't have, you couldn't have known." And I'm like, "And I'm like, but I could have known. <laughs> what you're saying is wrong. What I'm saying is right. I could have known." <laughs> oh man, let me defeat myself. Let me let me take myself down a peg. Damn it, <laughs> I've had it coming. <laughs> well, what are you doing, man? I'm kicking my ass. <laughs> Do you mind? Oh, man. Jim Carrey, Liar Liar. Fantastic movie. Um, But yeah, kind of moving forward from there. um, So Alex and I are big fans of D&D, among other things. And I kind of wanted to just chit chat a little bit. Um, I'm currently playing in Alex's game that he's been running now for the better part of what, two years? Yeah, like two years about. Two years? Yeah. And I mean, that sounds a lot longer than it actually is um, because because we're we're adults and you know the time in which we actually get to meet is few and far between so i I was which is crazy i'm going to sidetrack myself here i was talking to a high school student uh, my new stage manager at at the school i work at and he is he found out that i I mean i'm very cavalier with the fact that i play dnd and as soon as he found out it's like anytime nerds hear somebody like a teacher's like they play dnd it's all of a sudden they're just like oh my god i can latch on to this person they understand um but he's a very cool kid and he he told me he played dnd and like just today for instance during a rehearsal i had he had mentioned um that he I had made a D&D comedy. He's like, yeah, I actually played for 13 hours yesterday. I actually st- we stopped playing four o'clock this morning. And I was like, man, I remember the high school days. Like, I remember when that was my D&D life where I was playing <laughs> multiple nights a week and for all hours of the night on weekends. And like I Jesus, if COVID had been around when I was a high schooler. Yeah, I guarantee you it would have been like the year of D&D. It would have been crazy. <laughs> um, but but yeah, man, he was telling me about that. And I'm just thinking like, wow, like I envy that. But that's why I'm saying like we say two years, but it's not like a high schooler's two years. If it was like a high schooler's two years, like that's a crazy long game because, you know, they're playing hours on end multiple times a week over and over and over again. So when I say we've been playing for two years, I'm saying as adults. So it's like ooh, once every other month at best, sometimes a few months in between. Um, but I will tell you, it's a great game. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, one thing that Alex has been doing, and I wanted to just say thank you for, is I like that you are taking taking risks and trying to incorporate other things. Right now in the middle of his game, our little adventuring party, me who's in my... I'm, I'm the worst human. I'm, again, going to get sidetracked here. Alex is already laughing at me. I'm the worst human. Um, mind you, part of this was born out of... Uh, an unexpected circumstance, which again, it's been so long that I almost feel like Jengis and I when Jenks was still on the cast talked about this moment of Alibris's departure. Um, but I wasn't planning on switching characters because me as a DM, I have a couple key friends who, who will remain nameless, but they know who they are, who they have like the inability to play a single character in a single way for a campaign. They get bored or they want to try something new or whatever else. So it's it's physically hard for them to, like, keep that one character. And I'm always like, no, man, like, take this character on and then, like, we'll play. There'll be more games you can try its other stuff at. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And yet I this is my third character in Alex's game. But I will say Alibris' departure was unexpected. 
the second character was just something I wasn't used to and not the happiest with. And I'm much happier with the third character. That being said, I appreciate um, what you've been doing and, and what he's been doing is, uh, in, like I said, incorporating really interesting mechanics and things for other things that he loves. Um, Alex has been putting in um, some Phoenix Wright sort of like level of um, investigation mm-hmm. and um, uh, lawyering and <laughs> uh, court hearings and um, trials it's, into effect within the 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 world of his Dungeons and Dragons, and it's been it's been actually a blast to sort of like go through the process and like suss out what we're doing. It's been a lot of fun. It's uh, it's it's funny because uh, I appreciate the sort of underplaying of like, well, it's sort of like Ace Attorney. It's like, no, no, it's. I mean, <laughs> I have not wholesale lifted, but basically what it was was that I was trying to be like, all right, if I did Ace Attorney. It wasn't it wasn't like a there was no hidden like, well, ooh, what it was. This is sort of like a reference. It was like, no, if I did Ace Attorney, but in <laughs> D&D, how would I do it? And uh, and that was one of the main reasons I started the campaign was because I was like, ooh, what if I did like Ace Attorney, but in D&D and uh, and there, there's a whole bunch of sort of like things. And it's funny because um there's a lot of sort of like, so the thing about Ace Attorney games is that there's a lot of stuff that happens where you go, Phoenix, this is not like you're Phoenix, you know, the main character, Phoenix, right? You are saying like, or not even to Phoenix, you're saying to the whole court, you're like, guys, what are we doing here? Like this dude, clearly, how have I not proven that this dude is not the murderer? Like, how have I not proven that yet? That's insane. And to then translate at, I what I tried to do was, first of all, funny names that were all silly. One one person literally just named after uh, uh, the victim is literally just like all the other names. A lot of the names I put through like random name generators and like built them out of elf names. But uh, but the victim is literally named Rand Genner, which is just short for random generator, like random, randomly generated. He's just he does know. um uh, and so there's a lot of things where it's like, it's funny because the characters and obviously, and so to some extent, the players are running into situations where they're in court and they're like, how are you guys doing? Like, how, what is happening? Like how, because it's, because you, you, you see things like this and you're like, how is this a functioning society? How is it possible? Like, how can you people be, how can this work? And like, how can you guys do the things you do without your whole society collapsing? And <laughs> it's sort of a it's 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 funny. It's very stressful for me because I'm like because I am always on the other side uh, with them. If someone so uh, the thing is, is that anytime I sort of get stopped up is because somebody makes a good point. And even though I'm the one who built the world and obviously I'm the one who built it, I'm the one who made the story. I'm the one who made the characters. I'm the one who made them say the things they're saying. Someone makes a good point. <laughs> and I have to like take a second to be like, you know, that's a good point, man. Yeah, I don't, you know, honestly, yeah, you should just, uh, you should just probably end it here because, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, and, and that's like, it's, it's very it's very nerve wracking. But the thing is, is that halfway through Albris leaving, I was like, I went from, oh, God, what is happening to 
I mean, sure. You know what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I find a way to do something with this. Like, surely there's a way to do something with this. I don't know what, but surely there's something. Entire sort of like different plot points have been born out of different things that have happened. Dave's characters, um, like changing <laughs> <Multiple>. around. Yes. <laughs> Um, changing, like changing around, like I've, you know, like, of course I didn't count on any of those things happening, but I mean, the fact is, is that it, it potentially opens up so many more sort of like, um, interesting avenues and, and being able to sort of connect things that even that like weren't even connected in my head and then be like, oh, you know what, actually this can be connected. So I can actually, I can mention this because they came up now in the story, um, in the, in the beginning, all of the players were given these uh, these badges. There's like a there's like a teleportation network that lets people that like lets everybody sort of maneuver throughout the continent, and um, everybody gets one. Everybody is asked for like a color for a gem uh, that will be in the badge so that they can know it's theirs, and everybody got one except for the NPC character, and I forgot that I didn't give him one. I never gave him one. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't I just realized. But then later on, it was like, you know what? I could probably use that that I never gave him one. Like, I could probably use that in some way. I don't know how, but I could make it make it connected somehow. Um, So it's I mean, it's that and it's a war of like people being like, hey, Alex, we had fun. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, okay, now that you've said that now, obviously, what do you think? Like, now that you've said that you had fun, what do you mean? Like, what do you actually, what do you actually think? <laughs> and that's, I don't know why you, that's what D&D is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the game is, the game is a lot of fun. I'm, I'm having a blast. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing like where it ends up. It's got some, it's gotten really interesting in certain certain little tidbits of moments that have happened uh, very recently. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 fun, man. I don't think you have to worry. Like, I was going to say having, you can. I was going to say you can talk about it unless you like don't want to spoil I, anybody. I mean, again, I I, I, again, it's me trying to figure out what I've said and what I haven't already. But I mean, to to put in in, in mild perspective, um, we were a ragtag tag bunch of adventurers that were gathered together after kind of showing off some of our abilities to go on what is called the Great Quest. The Great Quest is uh, in McVeigh Rune is a uh, um, like a like a tradition. It happens once every it happens every every two years. There is a two, Great Quest two years and like the current uh, king right is yes. uh, I think as it is is uh, he was like a part of the first Great Quest group and shit has happened but the world is 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 world is a changing and in one of the ways in which it, it's is when shit went started to go sideways is we were all in the middle of like a cave i'm trying to remember exactly why we were down there but all of a sudden a bright light came out of nowhere and this npc that alex was just talking about um disappeared and the rest of us were together in like a bar telling the story of the adventure we had just been through to like, to like the barmaid. And we were all like, wait, wait, what? 
and had like this crazy bout of amnesia that we still it's lost time. I mean, I I mentioned it literally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned it being uh, uh, very evocative of um, uh, something that happened in the DC universe in the comics at at one point. The uh, the whole Justice League like blipped out of existence for. Like it was like they were there, and then the next second it was like a years later, and like they no one knows how the Justice League disappeared, and for, and for them, it it was like instantaneous, and people were like you were gone, how could you have left us? And I forget like what happened, but I remember it just reminded me not that we were the Justice League by any means, we were like <laughs> we were like the we were the F team, <laughs> um, but like still it was just like this crazy moment of like what. And then our 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 friend Fen, the NPC, was missing. Alibris had a whole heart on about that. And then uh, we we slowly just got more involved in what turned out to be. I mean, the first thing was a dude had captured a god and was milking his god juice, and we needed to put an end to that. But then there was a whole moral standpoint of like, what should we put an end to it because of the way he's using the god juice and. It was it just got crazy. Then there's like this almost Thor level. If you've seen the first Thor or, you know, the comics, the destroyer, we essentially have one of those chasing us all around. <laughs> it shows up randomly. Its head opens up. It blasts us with a bunch of like unstoppable Kamehameha energy. <laughs> um, and we've we've dodged the bullet a couple of times, either by pure dumb luck or by plot. Um, but there's definitely one of these times where we're going to take that face blast straight to the Nards <laughs> and it's going to be, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. I was, uh, yeah, I was ahead, very dude. ready. I was very ready to, so because what happened was, is that before that had happened, I had been thinking about that NPC, uh, that boss is called the follower. And I had been thinking about him so much. I had been there. So I've obviously, I've been thinking about so many things to me boss fights and special encounters are like sort of they're like the most important thing to me like in, it's just really any video game those are the, that's the most important thing to me and shadow of the colossus is one of your favorite games it's right. because it's all boss fights. yeah exactly <laughs> um and uh and so i not i was so excited to get finally get to the follower because i had been sort of picturing in my head uh that when it came time for him to appear i said his name no one had even known him. No one knew who he was. But I announced, I literally said, the follower walks out, like, steps up to you. And everyone's like, it's called the follower? Do we know that? And I'm like, you weren't supposed to know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> because in my head, that's who he was for so long that, like, not calling him that didn't make any sense. Um, but, like, but like that's, I, but sort of, like, taking, taking D&D as a, Sort of like as a thing, because the thing of it is that fights in D&D are not if I, I was about to say, if I listen to another play podcast in many play podcasts, when you get into combat in D&D and 5e, um, the so and so goes, I'm going to hit him with my staff. And then they go, all right. All right. The bear takes a swing at you. And I'm like, what is that? Like, what is that? Like, yeah, they just stand there and do this over and over again. And it's like and so. There was a fight between uh, James's character and someone from his past. And I was like, how do I incorporate two people who are so familiar with each other that like. And so what happened was, is that every time they would attack, if there was a, a successful hit, whoever was the recipient would roll a D20. And if they rolled over, I think if they rolled over 10, 
they they dodged it and i was like and i was like i need to describe everything every movement every like and so and i and i asked james the same thing i'm like tell me like tell me tell me what hero's doing right now like tell me how how you're swinging so that i can put together the scene in my head to like make it happen because like uh, i mean it wasn't that sort of long of a thing but i there's there's a lot of like there's so many things in my head and like moments and stuff where I'm like, oh, boy, I don't know how this is actually going to play. I thought the Ace Attorney thing would just sort of fall flat on its face. I was like, I was no, like, man, oh, God, was, they're just going like to be like, I think this person's guilty. I'm going to kill them now. Like, it's, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to kill them now. Um, we're beyond. Like, we're yeah, be- I mean, that's I mean, we're beyond uh, the murder hobo stage. right? <laughs> like, I mean, like we we want to we want to know the plot. And that's and just to sort of finish off what I was saying before. So. Yeah, the follower, as we've come to learn him, ha- is chasing us around. To top that off, we ended up finding um, these. Uh, we sort of finding and collecting these these gems that are connected to different planes of 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 the multiverse, existence, whatever you want to call them. Um, but like we have like a lower planes, and there's like an abyss, and there's a hells, and there's that blah, blah blah. And we don't know how many of them there are. We just know that they exist, and also they're all possibly possessed with like a being. It's gotten nuts. We talked to a mind reader. Alibris got like mind controlled. Hated it. He he busted out of the boat that they were in. He was like, they were on a pleasure cruise, and he just busted through the hole. In the one moment he had of clear thought, sanity, and rationalism, and he <laughs> attempted to swim back to shore to to unknown fates. Um, we defeated that encounter with like a very Casino Royale esque encounter, um, which was cool. And then uh, find ourselves currently in Fenn's hometown where he was accused of murder. And that's where the Phoenix Wright trials have started coming in. And um, he doesn't seem to really have much more information out of the fact that he apparently got zapped down to. Uh, was it the, the hells of the uh, it was Acheron um, and uh, was in like eternal like war and has like PTSD now and is per was perfectly fine being like, yeah, I probably killed this guy. I probably just did because I'm crazy now. And that's what happens. <laughs> and, and everybody was like, no. And the worst part about this is, is like Fen's biggest fan was Alibris. Like Alibris <laughs> would have been the person to go to bat for Fen the most. He's so, I sort of got when I was playing it, I in time sort of got James to, to hop on the Fen Boros wagon with me. But <laughs> For the longest time, it was like the running gag that Alibris was the only one that cared about this character. And then everybody else was just like, whatever, Skippy's lost somewhere. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're like asking the town folk on Mastica, like, have you seen this? You've seen have, you, have you seen this man? Have you seen this man? Yeah, <laughs> Alibris had, like I said, he was like, and it was just so funny because now I look at it and I'm just like, like, you were so close. Yeah, You're right and, there. And he, but you know what? Like, I'm I'm thinking like, so who cares still, right? Like, Hero sort of cares. Electus doesn't care. Electus is our friend Andy's character, who is a different Andy from who I was talking about before. And uh, he, his character is a a very interesting lawful evil paladin of Ismodius, who has like this very twisted worldview of like he's doing good 
because his ideas, his ideals are like essentially kill evil people because in killing the evil, you're just sending them to hell and therefore for Asmodeus to like claim their souls and use. It's a very twisted worldview um, that apparently Asmodeus just loves to pieces <laughs> as we've recently found out from a small like dream or at least I should say we the players found out but only Andy's character really had that that experience um, which was another great moment we had is uh, an, an Asmodean encounter <clears throat> excuse me and so now we're we're sort of nearing the tail end of or what I believe to be the tail end of the trials <clears throat> since now we have found a culprit who we believe to be guilty, but then like shit kind of went wild at the end there. Right. Um, and yes, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I was going to say it's like Fen was accused of murder. And as far as you know, he didn't, but it was as far as you know, he definitely did this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it got super complicated. That was the complicated part. The person that really, the person that most likely, as far as we're aware, really murdered the guy Fen was had been accused of murdering, just ran smack into Fen's sword and is now dead. Like is now, now Fen really did murder somebody. So now it's like, don't know how we're gonna phoenix our way out of that one. <laughs> but did you see Fen do it? Because again, you accused him once of just being in the right, like the wrong place at the wrong time. This could be the same thing. <laughs> Dude, can you really prove and say that it was Fen? That's, I don't know. Yeah, that's a very common sort of sticking point in the Ace Attorney games, which I definitely wanted to sort of capture um, of like uh of like of like prove it and it's like i mean i've basically proved it and it's like but did you prove it like <laughs> did you really prove it and the thing is is like it's it's very um it's very interesting because in the world of D, and this has been brought up multiple times this was brought up in the beginning um which was one of my first like well but uh which was like oh well it's D, &D so uh, they, I don't know. This was magic and Fen's innocent and he was, it was magic. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess it's D and D. So anything can be magic. It could be magic anywhere at any time for any oh, no. reason. Um, which My is, internet you know, which is like, which out. is true. And so um, I have to hold on. Alex but, is probably still talking. But that's all, but that's all stuff I've me. thought about. I don't obviously want to give myself any Come sort back, of like internet, you know, like, like, because I say that I say like, oh, oh I thought about it and I've taken that into consideration. And, and then, of course, flash forward and no then idea. I'll I'll like try to capitalize on somehow and it'll da, be da, like da, Internet. That's nothing. This is nothing. Oh, wow. You're back. Yeah, you froze. But I did. My Internet went out for like a hot second. But did you keep talking? Because I can just edit out the part where I just kept going and I was just like, oh, God, my Internet's frozen. My Internet's frozen. My internet's <laughs> I did keep frozen. talking. Uh, oh, as great. you know, that's I'm yeah, I can. I'm good at that. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, but hey, like I, I, I mean, I didn't hear what you said, but I have a feeling I got the gist and that is I'm going to guess. And if I guess right, kudos to me. And what Alex was saying was that, you know, in D and D, &D world, you can blame it on magic, right? This idea that like someone doesn't know and whatnot, but Alex planned for that built in a little mini fail safe and in the like the village or the city or whatever you want to call it that we're in there is literally a system in place that they can monitor every single spell that's cast and therefore could automatically rule out that magic 
wasn't necessarily in play because they would have been able to see the spell that was cast at the time that it was cast. Yeah. Was that what you're talking about? Uh, Yeah, it was basically the like, well, it was magic, but of course. Well, it was it was also like a well, of course, it could be magic. It, anything could be magic. Magic could be any reason. All of you people who say you're from the Great Quest, it could all be fake. You could all be magic. Like um, it's uh, it's sort of like a. It's it is a it was a it's a tough divide that I was very aware of to be like, okay, please step away from bring your magic game in here. And now you are going to play logic game. And it's like, but I can use magic. I don't need the logic. And it's like, well, use do logic game. I know you don't want to, but obviously. I have thought about that. So it's not, you know, every every even just even down to the details of like when you were not sure if it was a village or a city. I was like, yes, I actually did look up population density, like how you define a. I was like, is it a town or is it a city or how does it what would it be? I got to make sure that play, the characters are saying it right. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's but it's good uh, uh, on Black Friday. We're going to be um, if not wrapping up the arc, then getting close then getting very close. I It should be, if not the next one, then the one after that. Um, but waiting for that fat level that we we have coming. Yeah, it's they (laughs) they leveled up pretty pretty much every meeting. They got sometimes every two meetings. Yeah, they got through an arc and then and then leveled up. Um, but then this one has been like five, like five meetings, and it's like, and I keep I'm always asked, have we leveled? It's like. You've not leveled. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's just because of the distance of the game is going between that. It's hard to remember. I'm like, what did we do? What was the last thing that we did? Um, but this time, luckily, the game was only like, what was it, a month ago? Not even. Um, uh, so yeah, something like that. I like was, casino battle. Yeah, it was it was nice. Um, but anyway, uh, kind of moving moving from there. Have you played Baldur's Gate three at all? <sighs> no, because it's isometric. But that doesn't mean anything. So that's not a good reason. And I know that. <laughs> it was I mean, I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I was going to just say that, like, I think that. Did you. I mean, what? I've seen like I, okay. I, I um, because. The, the real reason was I was knee deep in Final Fantasy 14 story and it was like there was no getting off this train. Um, so that's why. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like I, even just because I because people were obviously showing around, like even just character creation screens being like, look how detailed the character creation is. And I mean, it looks I mean, it looks great. I it, I I can't stress enough how great of a game it is. Um, and it's only in early access. Like I have, I've barely touched the surface of what the full game will eventually be, let alone touch the surface of like the, what what we can play right now. And it is, it's everything I could ever want in a Dungeons and Dragons experience in a video game. I think it is the closest thing you will ever get to simulating a D and D like something where you have, I mean, you're never going to have true, true freedom of choice because for that to happen, you'd have to have the ability to input custom like dialogue and in like like essentially be able to talk to your mic and like if they ask you a question and you answer it and you get a response. And that is just not a level of technology or intelligence artificially that we have available to us at this moment. But 
like in terms of at least having enough choices to feel like you have this freedom of choice in terms of the way in which you play the game and how you interact with characters and how you go about certain objectives. It is, I, it is great. I mean, like I loved, I was not the largest fan of the original divinity, original sin, the first one. Um, I tried it. I couldn't get into it. A lot of people were like, Oh, it's so great. It's amazing for all the same reasons I just said. And I don't know. It was just seemed clunky to me, a little unwieldy. It wasn't, wasn't too happy with it. And then Divinity Original Sin 2 came out, and I loved that game to pieces. I still love that game. I've played that through multiple times um, in different modes and different difficulties and absolutely like just have spent way too many hours. I think my current time on Steam is clocking in and somewhere in like the 250, 260 hours in Divinity 2, which I mean, for some people might not sound like a lot, but for me to spend that much time on any single game is it is incredible at this point in my life, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like most games, like outside of that, the longest game I've played recently, I think was maybe maybe the remake of Final Fantasy 7. I played for a good couple, like 20, 30 hours, I think maybe, um, give or take. So like, and that was a long game. Like I was like, oh yeah, I love it. But like, so I'm to sure play we'll get 200, to that. Oh, but uh, to play over 200 hours in the game is like that's right there. It tells you how much I love it. Um, so Baldur's Gate 3 is is really wonderful. Like, obviously, not everything is ready yet. Not everything is unlocked. They don't plan on being out of this beta until um, Wow, I almost slipped. I almost was about to drop that NDA and be like, oh, by the way, Magic Legends. Um, but can't talk about can't talk about Fight Club yet. When the NDA is dropped, I'll talk about Fight Club. Um, but uh, yeah, like I like the, I like that they're taking their time with it. But I can't wait to see what the full game is going to be like. Bullets Gate 3, because it's just it's really I I mean, I don't know how to describe it. Right. It's D&D. It's D&D. The combat is is D&D. The. The story is D&D. What, what I really love about it is knowing shit, right? I know that seems so I know that seems so trivial, right? But like when I when I played Divinity Original Sin 2, um, I know some of the world from playing the game multiple times. I've gotten used to certain parts of the lore and I, and like. The one thing Larian will do is they'll put a lot of literature out there, similar to what, um, you know, is in the Elder Scrolls games where there's books on shelves and you can read them. And But like how many times do you actually read every page of those books when you're going through a playthrough? Usually you might read a couple books here and there, but it'd be rare for someone to read through every page of every single book. I personally don't take the time to do that. I get fatigued. I'll start a game doing that. I'll be like, yeah, I got to read every one of these. I got to know the lore. And then after I'm on like my 50th book, I'm just like, did, did I open this and did it give me a skill? It didn't. OK, so it's now in the garbage, right? Like, I just don't I just don't care anymore because I'm, I'm, at that point I'm opening it just to see if it does something. Did it activate a quest? Did it enhance my skills in any way? Or did it like, you know, did it summon a demon? Didn't do those three things. Uh, then this is good. Is it worth anything? No, it's goodbye. And that's it. Um but what's nice about this is while that still kind of holds true, while there's still a lot of books and a lot of literature, I like that I just know facts and events from knowing the game world of Faerun, from like mm-hmm. knowing and and current D&D things. Like they even talked about the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, um, you know, 
that time, like that time, like a month ago, that Baldur's Gate descended into Avernus, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's an actual thing! That's the module they made! That's that game! Like I know that." Um, and I and like I, I know like again, it's just things like that. Knowing who the gods are, knowing who the major players are in the world, like I like I met Volo, um, which was fantastic, especially because in my D and D game that I was running. Um, I had the Waterdeep game that I'm playing with uh, some of my my friends from ages and ages past. Um, I I made Volo in terms of the way in which I acted him a very much. Uh, I sort of based him off of Gilderoy Lockhart in the second Harry Potter movie, like this very pompous British over the top personality that thinks his like shit is the greatest in the world. Um, and what I loved was meeting Volo in Baldur's Gate three and finding out that they had the exact same interpretation of the character that I did. And like seeing that come to life was just really, really neat. Um, but yes, the character models are beautiful. The interactions are, are, are great. I mean, what I love personally love about what they've done in this game. I mean, if you've played the divinity games, I will tell you Baldur's Gate three, could very well be called Divinity Original Sin 3, and you would not be able to tell, except, wow, like, the lore seems different here, and I, I this looks different to me. But, like, in terms of the mechanics of how the game plays, it's they've taken everything that they did and expanded on in the first two Divinity Original Sin games and sort of just, like, took it to the nth degree for this game. And and I, I, I mean, the best way I can describe that is, like, shove. Shove everything. Just always be shoving. ABS always be shoving because that shove is so underrated and I need to start shoving more in D and D. Like I have, I have taken that for granted. The idea of just like shove being a bonus action, being able to just like push someone a few feet away from you, especially if you're a wizard and you don't want to be in melee for <laughs> casting. Like you're always just like, Oh, what do, do I have to disengage? What do I have to do? How can I get like, I, I don't want to take the opportunity. Just poof. Zap. Um, but even more so than that, I actually have a quick plug. Um, uh, I'm on Twitch TV slash uh, Alibris, A-L-L-U-B-R-I-S, A-L-L-U-B-R-I-S. And uh, please, if you're listening, um, give me a follow because the YSMPG one just never, we never did anything with it. But that's me, Al- Twitch TV, Alibris. Also, I'm going to plug Alex, who's Darksaber on Twitch. Um, yeah, I'm a DSS. Yeah. Yep. And so please... Go and check out his channel, subscribe, follow, do whatever you can. Um, but that being said, Twitch plugs over. Um, so I've been streaming all of my Baldur's Gate 3 adventures and thus far. Like, I have not played the game at all without streaming it because I want to get my first impressions out there so people can, if people are interested, they can see, which no one is right now because no one knows that I do that. I don't advertise that in any way except for right now. So, like, no one really knows that I'm I'm in the process of, of doing that. So I get, like, a couple viewers once in a while. Um but I will tell you, like, one of the things I did, and I, I have it in my highlights reel on Twitch, I was in the middle of this crazy spider battle, and there was a spider right in front of me, and just, I tried to push it for that very purpose of trying to cast something at it, didn't realize there was a cliff behind it, pushed it right off the cliff, killed it, with a bonus action, just pop, off the cliff, and I was like, <laughs> I can't believe I just did that, I can't believe that worked! Like, like it's the, it's the mechanics of the game like that. It's the little things that you can do in that game that you wouldn't think to do normally. And the, and when they work, they make you feel so happy. Like even in Divinity, like all of the times that I would like, you know, set barrels 
in a certain manner and hit them with the explosion that would cause the thing to explode and then the house would fall down and collapse and the thing would fall and take them like just i'm like how did they how did they program this how did they get this to know that like this could even be a possibility um and it's and that's the really the portion of the game that i really appreciate along with that freedom of choice is just the way in which like you can just literally do things is just so open that it's really just uh it just makes you want to play the game over and over again and keep playing just to discover like what can you get away with right how can you fi- <laughs> how can you finagle the system and it's and it's early access right now it is it is it's it's if you i mean you have to pay the 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 price of the game right. but you i mean you're going to get the full game anyway and and they and Larian said that uh Again, this may change, but they're thinking that the early access is going to last at least a year. So it's probably going to be, and this just came out in end of September, beginning of October. So you're talking, it'll still be a while before it comes out and it's the full game. And, and they yeah. only released the the first act. And even then, there's only like, while there are multiple ways to complete the main objective of the first act, um, I think so far there's just one path that's open to you. Um, but it is, it is just like, I am, like I said, I'm having a blast. I'm having an absolute blast playing the game. Uh, but I will say if anybody picks it up or tries it, uh, F5 all the time, quick save nonstop because the game is early access. It will bug out on you. The game will crash. You'll be upset. You'll have been playing for an hour. You'll have forgotten to quick save. There won't have been an auto save point and you'll lose a bunch of progress. And then you'll be like, well, I'm done now. <laughs> and, and you'll walk away. I used to talk about that. I used to do that with games when I was younger. Like, I can't tell you how many games I just never finished. I would like come back and replay them eventually. But I, I remember Zelda games in particular, like there was a, there was a, an Ocarina of Time playthrough when I was younger on N64, as well as a GameCube playthrough of Twilight Princess that in those particular playthroughs, I just stopped playing, like put them down and just never pick them up again until years later. And I was like, oh, I should probably restart a game and play again um, because of power outages, because my mom decided to like use her hair dryer and the microwave and like something else at the same time. And the power went out and I hadn't saved and I had been like playing for some, it was like three or four hours straight without a save. And when you lose that kind of progress, like for me personally, I just, I just shut down. I'm just like, I have zero interest to play this game because I just really don't want to do all of that over again. Um, But that being said, always just quick save in Boulder's gate. Don't ever, don't ever be me. Um, Quick save nonstop. Well, that's that's me and like every RPG that I play. Not even RPG. I did it in Dishonored. I did it in do it in Hitman. <laughs> I do it in like anything. Anytime because I because I anytime that a game says like anytime I want to play a game a certain way and it's like I see a path to victory doing it the way I want to do it, I'm like all right, let me try it. And it's like, no. And I'm like, all right, let me just go back and try it again. I'm sure I just did it. I'm sure I can do it slightly differently and still do the thing I want to do. And then I just keep keep doing it over and over again until I get it right. I, I remember I streamed Dishonored 2. And I think like on like one of the last one of the last few chapters, I, I said I was like, I was like, listen, I apologize if all you're seeing is me jumping from this rooftop, killing this man 
or knocking this man out because I was like, no kills. I don't do it. Um, knocking this man out and then running over here and immediately getting spotted and then restarting back on top of that thing, jumping down, knocking out the man and then maybe hugging the left a little bit and seeing if maybe <laughs> his vision cone will like not pick me up here. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is how I play this game. <laughs> like that's you know what you that's why i think you would love you you might love Baldur's gate because you can you can like i said a lot of times you can find the way to play that you want even then like i did the same thing i did the reload game again a highlight that i have it's like 30 minutes of what i call larian looting or like you know looting the larian way or whatever it is something i learned in divinity it's a small trick that if a character is in dialogue um with another character they become sort of immobile because they are they are they're talking right so like if if one of your party members is talking to merchant merchant stops moving which means their vision cone stops moving which means they become very easy to maneuver your and you can switch characters so like i would i switch to my rogue my rogue goes behind the guy he's not moving any longer and i'm pickpocketing um but there were like definitely a lot of issues that I ran into with either being discovered or I tried to pickpocket too much and then I got in trouble and I had to reload <laughs> or I pickpocketed and didn't run away fast enough. And the guy was like, hey, you, did you take my stuff? I think you did. Time to die. <laughs> um, so I, it was like a half hour of me just literally reloading nonstop and perfecting the ways in which I could successfully pickpocket the dude of every item I wanted and then sell him back his own items for some gold and then like still steal those items anyway. And eventually just took everything from him. Um, but like everything I needed at least and then left him all my junk. Um, but it was just like, it was a half hour of reloads, you know, with a really fun moment at near the end where, uh, of that particular highlight where I was down here playing in my basement and um, my son Dresden uh, is walking he walk, comes out of nowhere. You don't even see him on camera. You just hear him say daddy and you watch me jump like seven feet because I had my headphones in. I thought he was upstairs. Didn't know. He's just like, and my, my wife was upstairs and uh, my other son was like napping. So I guess nap time was over and Dresden came down to tell me that nap time was over. So he's like, daddy. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> I just like jumped seven feet. It's amazing. Uh, but I kept it in there because it's just hilarious. But again, you should try playing Baldur's Gate 3. I would I would recommend it. I think you, I mean, you might enjoy seeing if you can play it the one you, way you want to play it. I mean, my thing right now is I'm trying to finish my first run, which I'm calling the semi-good guy run. I say semi because my party members, they, they're dicks. I got to tell you, every time I pick the option, that's like, someone's like, hey, you know, we could use some help. And I'm like, I'll help you. You actually see in real time now, like which of your party members approve and disapprove of your actions. And pretty much any time I agree to help somebody that like doesn't have a direct connection to us, they all disapprove. They're all just like, stop, stop helping people. You're bad. And I'm oh, like, God, well, disapproving. I'm like, I'm like, but, but why? Korea um, disapproves. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely going to play a second playthrough where I go the, the opposite route, the renegade, if you will. And I will be. I will be murdering everybody and I will be like, they'll be like, help us. I'll be like, I'll help you to an early grave. Stab. And that'll <laughs> Stab. be it. Um, what's also really fun is the way they incorporated roles into the game. Like this, this skill checks happen and like, it feels just like, just like D and D. Like when you nat 20, you feel good. 
when you botch. Oh man, sometimes you just feel awful about it. I was in the middle of trying to like calm down an encounter between a tiefling and a human. They were ready to like fight over something like completely dumb. And I had to make a persuasion check. And the DC was like, I had to roll a seven or something. And I botched and it was like, would you like to roll again? I was like, yes, because I had inspiration. I think I botched again. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and and i was just like well this isn't gonna end well so my character was like hey hey <laughs> that's it and then that was it and then the team just sucked the dude it was amazing um it also sometimes is infuriating there was a small girl who i tried to save twice and failed both times like in a again light spoilers here in a druid grove there's an encounter where there's this druid that believes this little tiefling girl like is like just needs to die. She just for whatever reason kills us a tiefling child. Tried to save that tiefling child twice. Both times I failed. I was just pissed. Was like, <laughs> ugh, stupid checks, stupid D20s. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good. I won't give any more away, but I will say that it is it is worth the play, I think. That's fair. I, I yeah, I I mean I don't I I only whenever I say like I don't really plan on it I mean that's literally all I mean is I literally I don't plan on it but that's how I work for most games TV shows movies anything I was literally watching a like a uh, a like um a pitch meeting for Star Trek Into Darkness and I was like oh this is funny and I hated Star Trek Into Darkness so this should be good um and while I was watching, I was like, you know, I heard the third Star Trek movie wasn't that bad. And I never saw it. I wonder if I should see that. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah. But it's like but it's like did, it, did, it you, end up, be, did you end up seeing it? I did. I didn't because I was today. Oh. But I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I, it. It definitely like how I decide to do new things or, or like see things is very like like I've been sort of wondering when's the time going to come that I'm going to start watching the Dragon Prince like, when's that going to happen? I don't know I when it's going. I saw the first season. I don't know when it's going to happen. I know that it will. I know I want to, and I know I will. I just don't know when I'll do it. I know right. that I'll be sitting at my computer, probably doing something, maybe grinding in a game, and I'll be like, you know what? Let's throw a dragon prince on the second monitor. It's time. And then I'll spend the next three days just <laughs> consuming the entirety of the show. And then I'll go watch some reactions on YouTube and then I'll be like, and then I'll be like, I wonder, and then I'll look at the wiki and then I'll like, and then I'll be like, man, I love Dragon Prince. <laughs> I'm taking a hard left turn right now and then we'll probably wrap it up. But the hard left, speaking of reactions, just because this is super fresh on my mind. Do you watch Mandalorian? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Did you watch Clone Wars? Back in I, the day, or, I watched, or at all? I watched all of Clone Wars, uh, like near the beginning of quarantine. I want to okay. say I was like, I should, I want to watch all of it. That's um, that's what I did too, and I'll admit I didn't watch all of it. I took the, I found a curated like Ahsoka Tano fast track, hmm. which was like, here's all of the episodes that have Ahsoka. Or are vaguely related to the story there's, arc that Ahsoka goes through. There's there's big spoilers. Watch. There's big spoilers for the Mandalorian. I feel are probably coming. Uh, big huge spoilers coming. Yes, 
Yes, imminently. Big, <laughs> imminent spoilers. But I watched. Uh, I watched the because I watched the Clone Wars for Ahsoka Tano, um, because I'd heard about this character. And again, spoilers, Mandalorian spoilers, Mando spoilers. Um, I freaked out when Bo-Katan showed up and then I freaked out even more. I mean, I kind of I knew I had heard the news, but I wasn't ready for it to happen in episode three. Like I I, I, I'm, I was on top of the news. I knew Bo-Katan was in the it was in the show. I knew they cast the voice actors that played Bo-Katan as Bo-Katan. And I knew, and I knew, and I knew that Ahsoka Tano was going to be somewhere, and is possibly Rosario Dawson. That's still only like vaguely <laughs> yeah. confirmed. Some people are like it is, and other people are like it's not. Um, personally, I would love if it was Ashley Eckstein. Ashley Eckstein, yeah, a hundred percent. I would just think that would be the bee's knees. Um, but I'll give it to Rosario. She would make a great Ahsoka Tano too. I just. I, I, again, I was on an Ahsoka Tano kick. I watched all of the Clone Wars that applied to her. Obviously, I watched the finale. Was just like blown away by that last season. Holy shit, um, amazing! I even went out of my way when I joined Audible um, to get my because I to I use not my commute is longer to my new job. I use audiobooks as the way to get through my commute, and I've actually started to look forward to my commute because of audiobooks. And um, the first one I listened to was the Ahsoka Tano book, which bridges the gap between what happens to her in after Clone Wars, the final season of Clone Wars. But before you see her again, another in Rebels. Yeah, I was going to say another light spoiler, but in Rebels when she returns, because I was like, wait, how did why did she have if she left the lightsabers? What lightsabers? What? How did she what happened? Where did she go? How did she do this? Why did she become like? Why is her name? What? <laughs> and then like, and so that book was actually pretty, pretty decent. I will say too. Um, and discovering the story of sort of how she kind of gets back into the, the, the rebel, um, you know, sort of resistance and how she, and, and, and how she regains those lightsabers, which again, I'm just jumping on spoilers everywhere. Spoiler for the book, um, does something that I, that I don't think any other Jedi has, which is she, she unbleeds, red kyber crystals well she's not a jedi i well i ha yes i know (laughs) i'm aware she's she used she used that line the way that lord of the lord of the rings used that line when they were like you know no man can kill me i am no man yeah she's okay pulled that a couple times even in the book says the same thing like you know no jedi can do this she's like i'm no jedi um but still i don't think we've ever seen any force wielder of any kind unbleed red kyber crystals and turn them back to what becomes white apparently um which is why her lightsabers are white in uh in rebels hmm. um because they were they were kyber her they were crystals that called out to her from a sith's lightsaber that she fought in the book um and took down and then un like corrupted the kyber crystals which was amazing i was like this is so neat okay mando so then I, I just I just wanted ahead. to so yeah. so just real quick, I don't want to get too I don't want to get it too into any like specifically the only I just really wanted to touch on like uh Rebels was a pretty good show. It had some low points and some high points and a lot in between. It was definitely aimed towards a younger audience than Clone Wars was. Uh but uh but when I rewatched all of Clone Wars uh, I was talking to because my mom loves Star Wars so much um, and not she's not like 
She's not like, you know, I got to know all the deep lore on Star Wars, but it's like she went to, you know, on opening day when it came out in theaters, like she loves it. She and and I, I, I told her I was like, I was like, you need to watch Clone Wars. And I'm like, I understand it's a cartoon, which is like the hardest gap to bridge with any older generation to be like, no, you need to watch this. I understand it's cartoons. Trust me when I'm telling you it's like recommending uh, Avatar to somebody. And you're like, no, you need to trust me here. I understand that you see a cartoon and I'm telling you that, it, yes, and I'm telling you, yes, it is for kids, obviously, also. But I'm telling you it's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Right. Um, but not like, with that, I should also say, not without its growing pains, though. That's yeah. the other thing. Like, you watch that first movie that, like, starts the whole thing and you're like, oof. Oof. But by the time you're in like season two and a half slash three, you're like, wow, this is this, Star this Wars. is incredible. And by the time you get to season five, the five, oh my god! I mean, you're just I Jesus. I tried not to go into into depth when I was telling her about like why she should watch Clone Wars because I was like, listen, it's more Star Wars. You like Star Wars? This is Star Wars. Um, and I said, like, listen, if you want to know how good the show is, <laughs> I. The last two episodes of this show made me cry. And I was like, and I was like, you don't, it's not, I, I'm a very emotional person. So getting me to cry, all it takes is some familiar relationships and people overcoming whatever. But like, but I was like, God damn, like, this is so good. I can't believe it. Like just characters saying simple things that don't mean anything like Rex saying something, uh, like one of the first things he says and like everything he says in those episodes. And I'm like, it's like, Oh God, my heart is breaking. It's, it's crazy. Jesus, and like, the, the find the, fi- the order 66 moment and the find fives. I was just like, he's crying. I started to cry. <laughs> They're shooting at her. She's badassing on that like table. And I'm just like, this is just the greatest show ever. But, like, but it was like, I was like, Dave, God, God bless Dave Filoni. God bless him so much. Um, I, but it was like, but it's like, those shows are so good. And then it was like, oh, Dave Filoni is one of the producers, John. And then it was like John Favreau. And I, before I had seen Clone Wars, I didn't realize because they were like John Favreau. He's making a story. Uh, he's making a show called The Mandalorian. And everyone seemed really excited. And they were like, oh, John Favreau. So this is going to be great. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, John Favreau made good movies, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. You didn't put the connection that he uh, but, was pre Vizsla? But, but but I didn't. But, well, no. So so then The Mandalorian came out, the season one. Right. And right. And then there was the the one, the heavy trooper, the heavy Mandalorian. That was John Favreau. And and I was like, oh, it's John Favreau. And everyone was like, and everyone was like, of course, John Favreau is going to be a Mandalorian. And I was like, why? Why is why is John Favreau going to be a Mandalorian? And then it's like, oh, my God. And then I watch Clone Wars and I'm like, good look. This man lives and breathes Star Wars. Like, yeah, he it's loves why, it. It's why I knew it was the Death Watch to begin with. I was just like, this has to be the Death Watch. <laughs> it's like, it cannot be. But so, that's his that's Favreau's people. <laughs> so I had seen. So I had seen. But I watched Rebels before I saw Clone Wars. I saw Rebels when it was coming out. And then mm. I saw Clone Wars, obviously, this year. Um, so I, so I saw Bo-Katan and they were like, it's Bo-Katan. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, this is cool. I mean, Hey, listen, I love Mandalorians. I love Boba Fett. It's one of my, I love Boba Fett. Uh, it's so cool that there's Mandalorians, uh, the dark saber. Wow. I must look really unoriginal. Um, like, 
Uh, well, it used to be I look unoriginal, and now it's like, God, I must look really unoriginal. Uh, uh, <laughs> because before it was like, ah, shit, the Darksaber's a thing in lore now, like, officially, oh, boy. And I'm like, well... At least it's the first, the lightsaber created by the first and only Mandalorian Jedi. I'm like, I couldn't imagine a cooler thing to be sort of like what I, like, uh, is sort of like what my, you know, screen name is. I'm like, it's like the perfect thing. I love Mandalorians. I love, it's perfect. And then this show comes out and everyone's going to know about the Darksaber and they're going to be like, oh, Darksaber, that's your screen name. You get it from the Mandalorian. I'm like, no. I made it when I, I mean, was twelve. Look, you you may you may be you may be thinking of the negatives of this, but the positives are that you know people search up dark saber on the internet, and eventually it's going to lead to you. Like, <laughs> at some point, at some once point they get another, to Google, pe- once they get to the huh, a dark saber on who's this? What's on uh, what's on Google page number four <laughs> today? Um, but uh, but, yeah. but I was I. I saw the, but so I'd seen Clone Wars and then I was like, oh shit, it's Bo-Katan, that's from that. She should have the Darksaber, like, so what happened there? And I saw the helmet and I was like, is that? I'm like, is that the helmet? And then she's like talking and then, and then she takes the helmet off and I even, like before they even showed the front of her face, I could just see like the tinge of red as she took the helmet off. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, it is. It is her. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Dave Filoni's like, yeah, all, all, my, all my shit's canon. <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> hey, I'm I'm loving it. And I can't wait. I hope that they don't. I really do hope next episode we see Ahsoka Tano. I mean, that would be amazing if it really is that fast. Um, I'd be interested is, uh, to see. Is there an episode? Is there an episode coming on Black Friday or on Thanksgiving? Because I, I people... D- don't know people were theorizing that if there was an episode to have ahsoka tano and it would be that one so maybe like next episode would be him getting his piece of trash ship to somewhere where he could get some help getting to the planet where she is and And then going there the other fun thing is not that i think this is the case i'm almost positive that is in fact boba fett that was overlooking him it is 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 yeah yeah yeah. that is i am 99 sure that's boba fett but I would tell you there's a 1% of me that was just like, what if that was Rex? <laughs> that was Rex? <laughs> I don't that, know, man. What if that's Rex just over? Like, I was like, can you imagine? But he's not because we know what he looks like. Like, he would be, if he was even still alive at this point, considering the advanced aging that he went through, unless they do something weird where it's like, oh, that stops after you hit age, like, whatever. But in Rebels, I mean, Rex was like old man white beard and was like what 30 40 like yeah like, he was like not that it wasn't that old 27th so yeah so black friday yes that's gonna be the ahsoka Tano episode because black friday is an episode directed by dave filoni <laughs> so i feel like if they were like we're gonna have ahsoka in a show unless she just shows up in this next episode but that the episode after that that's like yeah the episode you know all right yeah anyway we're at an hour 45 which i feel like is pretty pretty good pretty hefty um not that i i want to stop but i mean i also want to give like i don't want to make a four-hour podcast and have people be like what the fuck i'm not listening to this and we didn't even talk about final fantasy 7 remake i know we'll have to say hey (laughs) 
come on again and yeah. we'll talk about we'll start with Final Fantasy 7 remake next well, time like I said I can literally talk about whatever for hours and hours and hours non-stop <laughs> so you're always welcome my friend yeah alright thanks for listening and uh, until next time y'all 